This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. It's been almost a month since 5,000 hatchery-raised chum fry were released back into Basil Creek in Squirrel Cove. They were the survivors of 20,000 eggs harvested from wild salmon and later placed inside in-stream incubation boxes. Most of their siblings perished when the rising creek waters silted up their boxes. This remnant were taken back to the Glahoose hatchery for a month before being returned to the creek. Someone asked if using hatchery-raised fry like these weakened the local salmon gene pool. Cortez Currents passed this question on to Stacy Larson, DFO's community advisor for our area. This is a potential risk, although the extent is dependent on many factors, such as the species of fish, the size, and nature of the hatchery program, and how long the fish are reared in a hatchery. In this case, the benefit of the Chum Salmon Program on Cortez is preventing the loss of eggs in the creek during flood events. Losing a significant portion of eggs to a flood can certainly have a more significant impact. The fry are only reared in the hatchery for a short period, so they will still be subject to most of the natural selection factors. Trying to select fish that spawn naturally can also maintain genetic diversity. I think everybody on Cortez appreciates the flooding that happened with the atmospheric river events that, that were happening last fall. Basil Creek did definitely have erosion problems with the atmospheric rivers. So there would have been egg loss due to uh, sediment covering red, gravel reds, and um, them being disturbed physically from the movement of gravels and sediments. How much of a head start do hatchery-raised fry have over salmon eggs that were left to hatch in a creek? If eggs in the creek are washed away by high flows or smothered in silt and dye, which can happen in Basil Creek or other creeks and rivers in the area, then the hatchery fry definitely have a much better head start. Even a short-term rearing and feeding of chum fry does provide a significant survival benefit. To what extent would the fact that both natural and hatchery-raised fry are both going to spend the next four years of their life at sea enter into this survival of the fittest argument? Both of the natural and the hatchery fish will experience the similar challenges and the survival of the fittest factors for the majority of their life. Where would our diminishing fish runs be if we let nature take its course and didn't use fish hatcheries to beef up the returns? As we all know, there are a lot of factors that are contributing to salmon decline. Healthy watersheds with good habitat and good water quality and supply are critical. Enhancement is a tool, but there are other dials that we can adjust. One of the major ones is also harvest. With the stewardship volunteers monitoring stocks and habitat, we have more information to make decisions as we move forward with enhancement and restoration. In Basil Creek, the broodstock returning chum that we were able to use last fall, mostly were returns from our very first year of chum enhancement. The natural returns of that year were quite low. So the returning fish would have been a small component of the fish that were returning to Basil Creek. You've been listening to Stacy Larson, the DFO community advisor for our area explain the difference that using hatchery chum fry made to Basil Creek's gene pool. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents.
Goodbye.